Welcome to the Beyond Fine Equine Podcast. I'm Morgan Stevens, an equine postural and performance practitioner. I created this podcast for other horse enthusiasts to learn and hear about all sides of the equine industry. On this podcast, I'll be interviewing other professionals and getting their takes on the horse world. You can expect controversy, advice, inspiration, and surely to get your horses beyond fine. Welcome back, everybody, and thanks for joining me on today's episode. You guys know that I love to bring you podcasts about equine education and equine biomechanics, as that is something that I am extremely passionate about. Well, today's guest is also extremely passionate about what he does, and he is one of the top leaders in the industry I would consider. You know what they say, right? Every cowboy and cowgirl needs a good hat. So what makes a good hat, you may ask? I'll leave it up to the professional. Please welcome Trent Johnson with Greeley Hatworks. Okay, so why don't we just get started with a little bit of how you got into this trade? Well, I often joke that I didn't choose this hat life. The hat life chose me. Um, when I came to, I'm originally from Colorado, and when I came north to Greeley in 1990 after I graduated high school, I came up here to go to school, and um, the folks that owned Greeley Hatworks prior to me, it was actually in their barn on their ranch. Wow. And I've just always been mesmerized. I had a hat collection as a kid. Um, and so, and I've always worn hats, all kinds of different hats. I wear many hats. And so I got a job on the ranch and that went well enough that I actually lived in their house on the ranch. And then, then that went so well, we, we built, uh, they built another house on the West, their ranch. And I was basically like the ranch manager, although I was going to college at the time. So I would work on the ranch, go to college, work in the hat shop. And literally, I don't know, it, it literally chose me. So um, after, during my second senior year, I was on a five-year program. Um, I started looking at how to, you know, how to start a hat shop or something. And, you know, everything that we use um, was built between about 1850 and 1940 for the most part. And, you know, if you wanted to start a bakery or a brewery, you could go to a big city near wherever you're at and buy all the stuff and open up tomorrow. Yeah. Um, but hat shops aren't quite that easy because everything is um, so specialized and really quite old. So I ended up going to the small business development center um, at night, basically like night school to learn how to write a business plan and put a plan in motion to purchase Greeley Hatworks. And that's kind of like the, the, the quick sum of it. And um, it's just been, you know, I, I, like I said, I, I didn't choose the hat life, but also um, the way it's kind of orga organically grown and everything that we've been through has, um, everything's been a, a blessing because I really haven't made mistakes because they're not mistakes if you, if you learn from them. So right. I've had a lot of hiccups and, you know, when I, when I speak at, um, universities to the entrepreneur classes and so forth I always make sure that they take notes about my failures and not my successes because that's where that's where you really learn the most absolutely absolutely that's great advice okay so I've heard a rumor 
Nike shoes make people run faster. So do Greeley hats make people ride better? Yes. <laughs> Greeley hats make people ride better because of the custom fit, the high quality material, including the different types of leather sweatbands we use. The hat will actually stay on your head better and grip better. So you're actually riding. You're not worrying about your hat. So yes, okay. I guess I never thought of it that way. Greeley Hat Works hats make you ride better. That's awesome. I love it. Okay. Uh, can you talk a little bit about the difference between the different kinds of pelts and like the X system for people who don't know? Lots of hats. Hats could be made out of different things. They could be made out of wool, rabbit, European hair, or beaver. Now at Greeley Hat Works, we don't use any wool or any rabbit. We use a few different grades of European hair and beaver, okay? So as you can see on this chart, all of these different hairs have uh, barbs on them that as you put them into the centrifuge, um, they will lock together almost kind of like cotton candy. So we're spraying these fibers into basically a cotton candy machine, okay? Over a big cone. So can you see this big, big yep. hood up here. Okay. So that's how big, like a hat I'm wearing, that's how big it starts. Wow. And then as it goes through the water process and the folding and all these different things, it gets shrunk down smaller, smaller, and smaller, and then actually gets made a little bit bigger. So um, as you can see by the chart, wool is, has less barbs and bigger, coarser barbs. Rabbit gets smaller. European hair gets smaller and beaver is the, is the tightest. That's one of the reasons we've always made hats. Um, back in the day, you heard about beaver hats and so forth, is because if you think about where a beaver lives, it lives in the water. And because of that, it has to, it has to naturally have its fur tightened to keep it like waterproof so that that animal can stay warm in the water, okay? okay. So here is a beaver pelt. Now, this entire pelt is all beaver, correct? This is all a beaver, but you can see there's different types of hair through the back, through the sides, and then you really get into some super fine hair on the beaver's belly. So at Greeley Hat Works, we're only using the fine under hair off the beaver's belly. Mm -hmm. And so the reason for that is if you thought about a beaver swimming, as it's swimming, all of its insides are facing down and so that's why the fur on the bottom felt tighter to keep that animal alive and warm. The reason it has this coarser, rougher hair, and actually the leather on the back of the animal is different as well, is this is what's called the guard hair. So this is going to protect it from predators. Okay. Okay. So like I said, this is all beaver. So there's, there's different grades. If, well, in, in, in horsemanship and rodeo there's different grades of leather right for saddles and so forth there's different grades of steel different grades of wood um, and the same thing is with this so that's why we're only using the finer under hair off the beaver's belly you could make a hat out of this and it could still be pure beaver but it's not going to felt as good or be as durable over a long period of time now where the x's come from in the 1700s, 
um, as and into the early 1800s, we were a very new nation, and most of the most of the industry was still in Europe. But there was an abundance of beaver here, and so we were trapping the beaver here and shipping the shipping them to Europe, not only for hats but for furs and so forth. So to communicate between the new world and the old world, they came up with a system of X ratings. So, and not like bad movies, I'm talking about, okay. Right. So for example, this beaver pelt, you see how it has all those holes in the leather and everything? Yeah. This one, we might only put one X on the back of it because although the hair is good, the leather really couldn't be used in any type of fashion. Um, medium okay but if this was a, or let's say it was trapped in the summer and in the summer i mean a beaver like every animal like a horse and everything else is going to shed hair so it wasn't as dense that might get two x's um, but a big beautiful pelt um, with no holes in it that was trapped during the uh, the right season might get five x's put on the back so that's how the x rating basically started Okay, so now let's go ahead and fast forward to 1940. And in 1940, um, let's say you're in the Fort Worth stockyards and you walk into ML Letty's, which is a legend and still there. Um, you can walk in and see a hat and look at the inside of the hat. And on the inside of the hat, it says 10X Beaver. At that time in the 40s, each X was 10% Beaver and $10. So you can look at that hat and be like, oh, this is 100% beaver and it's $100. Totally makes sense. But then as uh, Western hats gained popular, popularity, um, that the, the marketing companies behind the hat companies started literally putting more X's in the hat without changing or sometimes even lowering the quality. Mm. So um, fast forward to like, current times, there's companies that make hats that are 100x, 200x, 500x, 1000x. Yeah. So it's not a thousand percent anything. So um, that's why X's, um, there's no industry standards or government regulations. So one company's 5x could be better than another company's 50x. There could be a Wilfeld hat out of a foreign country that says it's 50x but it's still just a wool felt hat with a plastic sweatband. Gotcha. So, um, and that's why here at Greeley Hat Works, we don't use X's in our hats. Uh, we call them by different names, but we also will tell you what the hat is made out of, where most hat companies won't do that. And a lot of companies, especially, I mean, that they, some of the salespeople and so forth might not actually know a lot about the hat making or what the hat is actually made out of. So it's easier just to say, oh yeah, this is a 20X, this is a 30X, this is a 40X, but it's tough to know exactly what that means. Okay. So you said that there's only parts of the beaver pelt being used per hat. So if you're doing a hundred pure beaver hat, uh, how many pelts does that take? Um, that could take, um, and again, it, it could take about six to eight beaver to build one pure beaver hat. Okay. Now also too, um, and I'm, I'm sure being in the Western 
in this Western space the way you are. Um, but I also like to qual uh, clarify that number one, these aren't farm raised. Um, have you ever tried to like beaver or Maine? These are not farm raised, okay? Right. Number two, um, the entire animal is used. The leather is used in the fashion industry. Uh, the tail is used in the fashion industry and, you know, can be, have a pair of uh, beaver tail wingtip cowboy boots. And I'll tell you this, but I, I want to throw this out there is you need and your listeners need to trust me on this and should not do what I'm going to tell you. Um, the glands and other male parts of the beaver are also used in food additives. Oh, wow. So, but do not look it up because there's lots of things you may never eat again. So just <laughs> trust me. Um, also the glands are used in the perfume industry. Okay. And so the, the entire animal is used. It's not like we're pulling, we're taking the, this little bit of hair off and throwing it away. The entire animal is used. So that, that makes it pretty cool. And in a lot of, in a lot of places, um, like I said, they're still trapped on the open fur market. And a lot of places, especially for ranchers and for cities even, is beavers become a nuisance. And so that's the main reason they're trapped is the damage they do to waterways and other things like that. So we're actually helping the environment by trapping them because we're not gonna trap them all and put them into extinction because right. then there's so many, so many other things. So. You know, just kind of the way um, ranchers are kind of really the first conservationist, conservationists, we're kind of doing the same thing with beaver. Awesome. That's great. Yeah. Can you talk a little Go bit ahead. about what the parts of a hat are? This is a hat before it's been shaped. It's already been made, but it actually started out really big from the beaver pelt. No okay. leather, just the hair. Um, the top part of it, this is the crown of the hat, um, and it, it can be creased in, in any, almost anything you'd like. And on the crown, uh, especially on our, our handmade hats and our custom hats, is working with uh, the end wearer so that we not only build this the right height, but so when we go to crease it, it doesn't get too shallow to where it bottoms out on their head. Okay. So there's lots of times when we're measuring you, We'll also take a measurement we call the 90, where we measure across the top to the top of your ear, and that's four and a half inches, let's say. Well, then it would be hard to make a crown lower than four and a half inches because it's going to bottom out on your head before it can seed down. Absolutely. Um, next is the brim. Uh, most brims today, um, standard is pretty much four and a quarter. They could be built bigger, smaller. You know, that's kind of the, some of the easy stuff. Okay. Um, the hat band on this one, um, when it's made out of felt, it's normally called a self band. And the reason it's called a self band is because after we cut your brim down to size, we'll save that, we'll straighten it out and turn it into a hat band. So again, we're using like all of the, all of the material we have. Um, now I'm sure you can see the stitching here. Um, and this is where we sew in the sweatband. There are, you know, it is easy to think like, oh, this is together. However, this is all one piece. And the, the, the stitching is the part holding in the leather sweatband. Okay. 
okay? Um, and then you have the satin liner. The main reason for the satin liner and ours, we still have what's called a new film. It has a little um, soft plastic piece in the top and that became uh, really popular uh, starting in like the twenties when gentlemen were using hair tonic. If it didn't have the liner or the new film on the inside, their, the oils from their, their hair tonic would start to stain the hat. So the main part of the, of the liner is to kind of hide the inside of the hat, but then also to keep the outside clean if you were like had hair tonic and that type of a thing. Gotcha. Um, the sweatbands, like I said, ours are all two inch roan leather, hand readed, and a lot of that is actually done in house now. So back to the hat band, the main part point of the hat band is to hide that stitching. Okay. That's it. Now on most of them, whether it's a leather band or a ribbon band with a bow, on, on both of these, you can see it is on the wearer's left side. Yeah. The main reason it's on the wearer's left side is goes back to the, the days of nights in Europe. And when a knight would get ready to go into battle, his lady fair would pull a plume out of her hat and give it to the knight for good, good luck. Well, because most swordsmen were right-handed, they put all the swag and all of the feather and accoutrement on the left side so that it wouldn't get in the way of their sword. Wow. Right? That's interesting. Um, another cool thing we do at Greeley Hatworks is, like I told you, everything, we've been in business since 1909. This is called a conformateur. This was invented in Europe in 1843. This okay. one was built in the early 1900s. What we do is we put a piece of paper in here. It moved, and when we put this on your head, it'll move all those pins around and give me a small picture of the shape of your head. One okay. six size scale. Then we take that out we'll trace it and we'll put it into this piece called the familian. So the conformateur conforms to your head. The familian is familiar to the shape of your head. So it takes that little paper pattern that's one sixth size scale and blows it up to be life size so that we can build the hat to the exact shape oh, wow. of your head. And then we'll go one step farther. We'll actually take this, trace it, cut it out of cedar and give you a copy of your head made out of cedar to store in the hat when you're not wearing it. So the reason we do that is the hats won't change sizes, but the sweatband, because it's natural leather, will tend to expand and contract. Okay. Think of it this way. If you got your boots soaking wet tonight, took them off, what happens tomorrow? They're too tight, right? right. Well, your feet didn't grow overnight. The leather shrunk up. So the same thing could happen to a leather sweatband and a hat. So therefore, this is built on a taper. It's bigger up here and smaller down here. At any point, if your hat felt a little bit snug, you can actually push this in just a little bit more. You don't need steam or anything. And you know it'll naturally open up the entire circumference of the hat instead of doing it like a stretcher that would just be front to back and then would suck the sides in yeah. narrower. So this is your head and the hat. That's really, that's really neat that you guys do that too. Yeah, thank you. Okay, okay, so for somebody who may have a hard time, like I know, for instance, my husband kind of has a bigger head, maybe a wider face. He doesn't love the way that cowboy hats fit on him. 
is there any sort of shaping that fits people's features better than others? Yes, depending on the size of their head, um, like kind of how tall or how broad their shoulders are, or like me, I have kind of like a fatter head, like, I, like a round head, like Charlie Brown or something. Um, we really like to adjust the shape to, to fit the person. However, yeah. um, the customer is always right and seldom is the customer ever correct. <laughs> so you will have those people that by God, this is the crease they want and it doesn't matter how it looks because that's what they want. But I think our team here is really good. And that's one of the reasons I kind of do trunk shows all over the world is I go with my conformer and I go to our retailers and help them design the right hat for them. That's awesome. So do you guys just do uh, felt hats or do you do straw hats as well? As far as making in-house, all we make is felt hats. Okay. Now we do sell straw hats and we can custom fit straw hats to your head pattern, but we don't make them in-house. We would, we would rebuild them to fit you better. Gotcha. So what are the rules of a cowboy hat? Like some people say you can't wear straw hats in the winter. You can't wear felts in the summer. Is there any specific rules of the hat? Well, there are some rules. Number one, you never put a hat on a bed. Okay. Because you never know when somebody might come in and get in bed and then your hat's going to get messed up. Um, some other rules, um, I like to say it in a little bit more casual way is take it off at the table and leave it on at the bar. Okay. So if you go to a restaurant and you're sitting at a table outside the bar area, you should take off your hat. If you're sitting at a bar or in a bar area at a high top type table, it's okay to leave it on. But if you're sitting like at a booth in a bar area, I believe you should take it off. Okay. Um, as far as seasons, if you look at the history of the cowboy and hats, um, you could wear you could wear felt year round. Straws technically um, are a more of a uh, Memorial Day to Labor Day type deal, um, and then it kind of got changed to Easter to Labor Day, and then people just kind of do whatever they want. Yeah. You know what I mean? And I, I mean, I get it. It's, you know, I mean, if you live in, in South Florida and you're a cracker down there, like I understand why you would wear a straw. Um, but anymore, the way the straws are made with all of the lacquer and so forth, it, it doesn't necessarily make them cooler than a good felt hat. Okay. I will have cowboys, especially if it's a good quality hat and it's natural fibers like that beaver, or that European hair, it's going to breathe better. And I'll have like working cowboys that wear their hats year round, but in the summer, just pull that satin liner out just to get a little bit more breathability. Um, but you got to re realize that 80% of your body's heat escapes through your head. You know, so those three little holes in a straw hat aren't going to make a difference. You're basically wearing a big piece of paper that's covered in glue on your head. Right. You know, totally. Okay. We're going to play a little game. I'm going to give you a shape of a hat. And then in your opinion, I want you to say what that person is like underneath. Let, let's play your game. Okay. We'll start out with 
uh, the cattleman. A cattleman priest is usually somebody that has an appreciation for the American West. Um, sometimes, not all the time, um, has um, has an understanding of agriculture okay. and is fairly conservative. Okay, I like it. All right, next up, what about the Gus? The Gus, great question. The Gus and the grand, I'm not like stereotyping as much as the grand scheme of Gus hats I've made over the last 30 years. I would say that that is a person that loves a Western way of life that has an um, affection for history and ooh, that's good affection for history loves the american west um reads books by cj box and wears wrangler jeans okay that's pretty good i, I think i, I would agree with that <laughs> i know this is hard <laughs> okay and then this one I think it has two names. It says the telescope or the gambler for the shape. Okay, cool. Yeah, um, that's uh, the top of the hat. The reason it's called a telescope, see how it could be, if it was a telescope, it would keep extending out. So that's yeah. why it's called a telescope. Okay. Okay. So this, let's talk about it as a telescope first. Um, a telescope crowned hat is um well there's a few different i think this one is a little bit harder to say who it is because this crown is used over um a few different like i guess almost genres if you will okay. so that telescope top is a, a lot like a nut not a buckaroo hat which is somewhat based off of a flat top and a vaquero's sombrero crown. So um, it, it has an ode to uh, the West, the Southwest and Mexico. And is usually like a, it could be like, a, it's a serious horse person, horse trainer um, type person in a dry climate. You know, the reason I say dry climate is once you make that telescope crown that goes down into itself and back up, you're basically making an island, a lake. Oh, okay. So it's not like really suitable, like a cattleman's crown, the, the, the rain would come down the front or the back of the crown. A gust crown, it would all come down the front, right? Because of the, yeah. the slope of the crown. So um, that would be like the hardcore cowboy telescope. Okay. Then you have what I would call the fashion telescope, which we've, uh, you know, we've designed a lot of hats with like double D ranch wear back day that had that telescope crown. Again, a little bit more southwestern flair, vaquero uh, type style crown, but is can be can be very fashionable on ladies. And in this instance, I would call it almost a crossover crown where depending on how you build the rest of the hat and design it, it doesn't even have to look like a cowboy hat in the sense of, you, I've done some for ladies in different colors that have worn them to the 
derby or okay. you know to all these different events to polo matches depending on how you make it the colors you use and kind of the the trimmings and so forth it could be made more into a fashion hat but inspired by the american southwest okay interesting um the gambler um same crown usually a guy over 60 years old that was a fan of kenny rogers <laughs> okay so there's the three i like it i like it okay last one uh the cutter the cutter okay i like this one because that's what i've got here okay the cutter so before i i want to tell you a little bit of history about where the cutter crease comes from okay um the cutter crease comes from working cowboys on a ranch ready to cut a, a sick cow or calf or something off the herd and are getting ready to go all out with suck their hat down on their head which would pop these out naturally okay okay so that's where it comes from interesting um and then you know of course like the national cutting uh, the cutting horse association and everything so although it is a style um there is a reason well like with most hats there is a reason for it um it's to give you um remember how i said if you want a low crown but you have a tall head they might not match up right. this is one way that you can make a lower crown with a taller head if you put the cutter bumps in it interesting so um but they're also called other things it's called cutter bumps speed bumps dummy dents, whistle poofs, Texas tits. Those are all the different names they have. Um, so it is a functional style. Yeah. Um, who wears this? Like I said, real cowboys, ranchers, um, people that are horseback, even besides cutting horse people, reining horse people, people that are going to be on a horse for a job that will bear that hat down. Another reason they have well, maybe they've gotten more popular, I don't know, is that um, we also put Cutter Bumps and Rip's hat on Yellowstone. Oh, really? He had a taller head. Um, they wanted a little bit shorter crown, so that's how we did it. That's awesome. Yeah. Okay, so uh, let's talk a little bit about somewhat of the business aspect you said that you you go and talk sometimes for entrepreneurial deals what are some of your your biggest failures in business and then also some of your biggest successes that came from that okay um well one of them that i think for the most part has not been a failure um is my ability to ask for help mm. especially as an entrepreneur whatever your business is is i learned from a very young age meaning like maybe fifth grade that everybody is good at something and so if you get help from people and those are your strong and that is their strong suits it actually makes your job easier and has the possibility to actually make you look smarter I'm not a super smart guy around with myself with people that are smarter than me in their passion fields, right? Like Bonnie does a killer job on our social media and on our website. And I'm like, I like that stuff. I'm creative, but like, she's better than me. Yeah. Right. 
That's the reason I have a good bookkeeper. That's the reason I have a good, you know, all those things is that I remember right after I bought the hat shop and I was working on a, on like how, how am I going to pay my bills? Hmm. Well, the way I did it was, is I love making hats. I love people. I love selling hats. So that's where I should focus all of my time. And I had it broken down by hats. I need to sell so many hats to pay my accountant. I have to make so many hats to pay my electric bill. I mean, it was all literally by the hat, not how much money it was. I mean, if I do my job, the money, like it's going to be there. So to me, that's always important is, and I'm not a typical male in the fact of if, if, if you and I were driving around lost, I would, I bet I would stop before you to ask for directions because getting from A to B is super important to me. Yeah. And so if I don't stop and ask for directions right then, it's going to take a lot longer, which means then I'm going to have to sell more hats. Right. Right. (laughs) Um, So to me, that's really important is to be able to know your strong suits and ask for help and find people that are like-minded in those fields that you need help in. That's great. That's great Um, advice. One of my, one of the things that, okay, this was not my smartest move. Um, I was consulting for another hat company and I met a lot of people and I thought, you know what, we should start making our own straw hats. Um, So I had all the contacts, I had all the stuff. And it was hard and not super cost effective. And so we're talking several, lots of years ago. But at the time, you know, there are a lot of good hats, straw hats that come out of Mexico. Like that's their jam, especially one city. And like they're the best in the world. Yeah. And they're paying those people, like let's just say, they're paying those guys down there $15 a day. And the guys are good and they're happy. I mean, I can't pay anybody $15 an hour and make it as good or better. So like, just pump the brakes, stop, don't do it. The people, again, going back to what I just said, if somebody is good at it, let them do it and learn from them on how to make it successful for yourself. That was probably my biggest one. Um, another thing, I guess, as an entrepreneur or a small business owner, um, whether it's an ad in a magazine or a trade show, um, like you're going to set up a booth somewhere or something. Um, I've always worked in threes. If you put an ad in a magazine one time, how can, how do you know if it's done any good? Mm. Okay. It's hard to get an ROI there. So whether it was a trade show like you're going to set up at a horse show or whatever. I look at my, here's, here is my three-year plan. The first year, everybody's like, who are you? The second year, they're like, oh yeah, I remember you. The third year, like, wow, this guy like must be legit. He's still here. And now I'm going to give him my credit card. So it's, you know, the thing about trade shows or horse shows and things like that, where you get to set up a booth, I always look at those as magazine ads that you get to walk into and touch and feel, right? I mean, you always want to sell stuff. You always want to make money. 
but sometimes the best thing is to be there as a magazine ads. You can explain your brand. You can explain what you do or why you do or all the things we talked about. We can actually do that with the customers, whether it's the NFR, a horse show, a rodeo, whatever. Um, it helps build your brand quicker, I believe, than just a, uh, a static magazine ad. And I'm not saying there's wrong with advertising in magazines. I'm just saying a lot of times they kind of do the same thing, but in two different ways. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that's great. Yeah. Okay, so for people who are looking for a hat or want to know more about Greeley Hatworks, where can they find you? They can find us on the World Wide Web at GreeleyHatWorks.com. And all of our social handles are at Greeley Hatworks. Um, you can always uh, email uh, Greeley, uh, you know, info at GreeleyHatWorks.com and uh, get some more information. Uh, we travel the world. I think, um, you know, January of 2023, I'm going to be at the Maverick in Fort Worth. I'm going to be at the King Ranch outside of Kingsville, Texas. February, I am at the National Cattlemen's Beef Association. And April, February, March, I'm back in Fort Worth. April, I'm at Herb's Hat Shop in Blanco, Texas. And then I'm kind of hitting a pause. I'm not doing, I'm not traveling as much this year. Okay. Um, and we're going we're gonna to have some fun here at Greeley Hatworks. We're going to kind of bring the roadshow back home. I love it. Yeah, That's great. we also have a toll-free number, which is 888-F-O-R-A-HAT. Awesome. Cool. That's, awesome. that's great information for people to be able to find you. You bet. You better have left that with some attitude because I know I sure did. Please make sure to write us a five-star review if you can. It really helps us in getting our podcast out there. We appreciate every single review. Tell us your favorite thing that Trent said. I know that's a hard ask because he said a lot of great things. Make sure you're subscribed so that you can get updates on when our new episodes come out. And we'll see you next time. Bye.